0: I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your on ready. I came like out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throwing up above his head. They can't jump in the Only Golly. they tackle him at the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs> What's going Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. Uh, I'm running solo today, so no guest host. Uh, you can find uh our podcast and a ton of other great podcasts all on this network. Some of the likes uh or some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Adam Ronis, and Doctor Roto from Series XM Radio. Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of other great podcasts. You can find all of them on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. On top of that, we are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. They have some of the best stats in the industry. You can find them at xtboxscore Again, some of the best stats in the industry, I use them for all of my college football stats as they are just phenomenal. Anything you guys see me posting when it comes to college football with different stats, dominator ratings, stuff like that, all comes from them. They also have NFL stuff, baseball, and they're working on getting basketball stuff done on there as well. It is just $15 for a year subscription, which is just ridiculous, $15. And you get to look at all those stats and use those to help you become a better fantasy player and or analyst. Again, for just $15 a year, you can use our code ROUNDTABLE for 10% off of that as well. It would make us look good, helps you guys out, and helps them. So it's a win, win, win all around. Hope you guys check them out. They're definitely worth it, in my opinion. I love using them. I think you guys will too. As I mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm riding solo today. Uh, for, for those of you who follow me on Twitter know that I had a, a death in the family. Uh, the, this past, uh, Tuesday, or technically, yeah, Tuesday night. Um, uh, it's been a little bit rough. Uh, for me and my family the past couple days so so I was taking a couple of days off there I do apologize to everybody I'm sure everybody understands but I still I like to be here and, and talk a little football with my with my guys Matt Tony and Dennis throughout the week and just kind of help you guys win win your matchups and everything it was a uh, you know an unfortunate incident uh, and and obviously passing in my family that that it kind of required me to take a couple of days back step back I was not even really on Twitter either uh, just trying to gather myself and, and work through these these next couple days Uh, I'm I'm back here today. It's really early Friday morning, uh, which is why I've got nobody uh, recording with me. But it's one of those things where, you know, I couldn't sleep and I was like, why not just jump back in there and, 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 and do the podcast? I used to do it solo all the time, just kind of get my mind off things and relax, enjoy enjoy talking about football with you guys. So um, I'm going to do that today. We're going to jump in first, and we're going to talk about, obviously, the Thursday night game last night ended a couple hours ago. Uh, we'll break that down. Not much to break down, though, unfortunately. And then we'll jump in, and we'll talk about the Friday games in the air. Um, sorry, the Friday games, the weekend slate for the NFL. First and 10 at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Zeke Elliott. Touchdown. Down at 10, takes the snap, gives it, Chubb runs, he's in the 15, he's at the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, there goes Chubb! He's- What? As I mentioned, we had the Thursday night game last night between the Washington Redskins and the Minnesota Vikings. A closer game than I really thought it was going to be for most of the game. Washington just getting three field goals, uh, and then Minnesota getting a touchdown and added a bunch of field goals on there as well to go 19 to nine. Minnesota moving to six and two. Washington falling to one and seven. We'll start on Washington side here. So Case Keenum started the game, did get knocked out with a concussion. We saw Dwayne Haskins come in and still kind of look exactly like what that entire organization has been saying that he's just not ready which sucks because I am obviously a big fan of him that did affect uh, Terry McLaurin a little bit who's probably the only guy in on the Redskins offense I would have started 39 yards on four catches in this one so really not a lot going on for him did you get you 9.4 points in fantasy so still not a bad day you'll take it but you would have obviously hoped for more Adrian Peterson had a very good day here though uh, 13.8 points in fantasy. Uh, let's see here. 76 yards on 14 carries added. 27 yards on two catches. So not a bad day for Adrian Peterson. Did move up in their all-time rushing list as well, passing. Uh, I can't remember who both were, but I know that Danny and Tomlinson was one of them. So he's moving even higher up on that list and, and good for him. The Minnesota side here. So Kirk has himself one of those. Kirk Cousins' days, he, he looks good in the box score, but because he doesn't really get you any touchdowns, he doesn't really help you that much in fantasy, which is, is very frustrating. 23-26, 285 yards, again, no touchdowns, uh, of course, no interceptions either, which is is obviously nice as well, brings him in with uh, about 17 points, give or take, uh, depending on your scoring format, so again, not a bad day, but a decent day, it's a day that helps you out in fantasy. doesn't really do much for you in the end, Dalvin Cook is obviously the leader here on this offense. Gets a ton of running and receiving work in this one. Comes in with 28.1 points in this one. 98 yards and a touchdown on 23 carries. And then added 73 yards on five catches in the receiving game. Diggs has a great game as well. Hopefully everybody's been playing him. He's been on a hot streak of late. <clears throat> obviously not having Adam Thielen in there. Uh, really kind of helped him be the main force in this offense as well. 143 yards on seven catches to come in with 19 points so he he's been phenomenal here these past couple of weeks uh, you know, really outside of those guys, though, nothing to really talk about. I have liked how they have started implementing Irv Smith in a little bit more so in those dynasty leagues. For those of you who took Irv Smith, thinking he could be a breakout tight end soon, that might be happening. He really seems to be kind of working himself in. I know Rudolph got the touchdown last week, but they were using Irv Smith, Irv Smith a lot. And I was actually, you know, not uh, having to uh, not having to go to my day job right now. Uh, I did get to watch uh, a lot of that game last night. I actually watched pretty much the whole thing, and Irv Smith had a uh, it was involved a lot, and I like. So if you're an Irv Smith fan, he has definitely looked good. Uh, you know, Minnesota, I, I it really looks like they're turned around from what they did earlier in the season, moving more toward a more balanced offense. You still see him running the ball a lot, but they are doing a lot in the passing game. Very tough schedule moving forward though. Chiefs, Cowboys, Broncos, Seahawks, Lions. Uh, a lot of those teams, are middle to top tier defenses. Uh, so I don't expect Diggs and Thielen to continue the run that they've been on. I think it is going to kind of go back to what we saw earlier in the season, where it's going to be one or the other. Uh, you know, we'll obviously talk about that more as the weeks move on. Uh, we will be back to our regular schedule next week, so I'll have Matt and uh, Dennis and Tony on with me throughout the week, and we'll kind of discuss more of that as we move forward. But just kind of. you guys the thought on that might be as much as i hate to admit it as someone who owns digs at a lot of leagues it might be time to sell high on him we eating all day bro i'm hitting you every time every time you come as well i'm gonna hit you i'm not gonna be the dude All right, you just heard the drop. That means we're talking about the previews. We're going to start previewing every single game for this week eight NFL season. You've got a couple teams on bye here, and it's crazy to think there's only two teams. So this is this is definitely the week. If you could have a bunch of players, or I guess not a lot, you don't want to be that bought in. Well, maybe you do want to be that bought into the Ravens and the Cowboys. They've been fairly good most of the season, but the Ravens and the Cowboys are the only two teams on a bye this week. You know, so obviously all oh, you was Zeke, Lamar, Dak. Gallup, Cooper, Ingram, probably Hollywood Brown, definitely Mark Andrews. Uh, you know, you gotta find those replacements this week, but still not bad. Usually only two teams on a bye that gives you plenty of time to kinda. Get better players in there. You, you usually, if you drafted well or did, played the wave wire well, we've got some pretty good depth. It's, it gets harder. I think next week we've got six teams on a bye. It's going to be a rough week for a lot of teams. But let's start with our first game here. We've got the New York Giants and the Detroit Lions. Detroit getting 6.5 points and the 78% chance to win this game. Looking at the Lions side here. So the Giants right now are giving up the eighth most points to wide receivers and the fifth most to running back so not a great defense at all they're giving up points my thing is holiday easy start I mean you you know you're plowing him in there I know he's had two bad weeks over the entire season the rest of the time he's been phenomenal I think Marvin Jones is going to fall back to earth a little bit this week Kenny Galladay is going to be the guy here. Ty Johnson is obviously in now at running back with J.D. McKissick. We know Carrion Johnson went down. He got placed on IR earlier this week. I believe it was on Tuesday. Uh, so right before waiver wise ran, if you guys bid up Ty Johnson and everything and got him, great. I actually don't think he's going to have that big of a game here. I am a little bit worried about him. I did get him in a couple leagues, so I'm right there with a bunch of you. Uh, but I would not be surprised if it's more of a 50-50 split with him and J.D. McKissick. Or maybe he gets all of the running work McKissick. Is the main receiving down back. So it's definitely something we need to watch for. Uh, but I think if you've got Ty Johnson, you can throw him in your flex spot. I don't think he's someone you can throw in that RB1 or 2 spot like you were carrying on Johnson. I know he hadn't been producing that much, but due to the draft capital, you were likely playing him there. I think Ty Johnson's more of a flex spot this week. Definitely the guy you need to plug in if you have carry on. If you don't have carry on and you snagged him hoping to get a little bit of a late running back flyer uh, to to kind of help your roster, your back end of your playoff run or try and get you into the playoffs. So I think he's more of a flex guy uh, right now. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think with the workload that he's going to get with McKissick – Oh, sorry, that was my breakfast going off anyways. Um, McKissick, w- 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 however they split their workload there, I'm not. I'm just not sure I'm going to buy all in and him being a-, a starter or a big main running back this week. I need to see it first, but I'm still willing to throw him in my flex spot, especially with a good matchup against the Giants. On the Lions side here, so um, their defense right now, fourth most uh, points against wide receivers, and third most against running backs, so they are giving up a ton, which means Barkley's good to go, baby. We saw it last week. He had a really good bounce back week. Still dealing a little bit with that ankle issue, so I imagine they're not just going to run him out there on every single play, but Barkley should be in for a big game here. Obviously, you're playing Evan Ingram if you've got him and you're playing Golden Tate. I don't expect big games out of either one of them here. I would imagine Darius Slay is going to kind of travel a little bit with them not having a real one. If he's on Tate, man, that's going to suck because I don't think Tate's going to do anything. Uh, but I, I imagine he's going to be moved back and forth. So Ingram-Tate, just lower expectations this week, especially with them going against Darius Slay. Sterling Shepard's out with a concussion, so that's really going to kind of limit what Daniel Jones can do here. You know, but I still think they're both plays. I mean, at best, you're looking at, obviously, a tight end one with Ingram and then a high upside tight end two or tight end wide receiver two with Tate. I wouldn't expect those numbers, but you you know you can get that with, with their ability and what they've shown every uh, throughout their careers. So you got to throw them in there, but I'm not expecting much out of those two. For me, it's just Barkley. Uh, and for the game, I am taking the Detroit Lions to win the game. Next up. Got the Carolina Panthers at the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers getting 5.5 points and the 70% chance to win this game. On the 49ers side, so the Panthers giving up the 13th most points to the passing game and 16th most to the rushing game. So a little bit better against the run than the pass. Still not trusting anybody in this passing game. We know we got Emmanuel Sanders coming over here. If you've got him and you don't have better options, I think he's an okay flex play this week. Nothing else. He's only been in this offense for a week. We've got to give him time to learn it. Again, he's so talented. I imagine they're going to script some plays right off the bat for him, kind of like what New England did with Antonio Brown in that first game there. So Sanders might get you a couple points, maybe even a touchdown like Antonio Brown did later in that game. But I'm not trusting him to do anything big or or, or ball out necessarily. I think he's going to be somewhat limited there in his first week. I still think great landing spot for him. Easily San Francisco's number one wide receiver, but not expecting a lot out of him in this game. Running back-wise, you got Coleman, you're playing him. you got Breida, I think you're playing him. I know Breida's kind of fallen off a little bit since that Browns game, having Tevin Coleman back. Uh, But both of them are just so talented, you don't know what you're going to get out of them. I would trust Coleman a lot more than I trust Breida. But if you've got him, I think probably next week's the week you're going to play him with the six-week teams on by as we were talking about earlier. Uh, but, I, but I think you, Coleman's the easy play. Breida, if you're desperate, I guess would be the way to put it. Throw him in there because he could do something. Uh, but all the receiving options and everything with San Francisco, the only player I'm trusting is George Kittle. I think he has a big game here against the Panthers. I do think they're going to do a really good job of locking down Pettis. And I think Samuel might still be out. But Sanders, and, and it's going to be a lot of work funneled into Kittle here. Uh, so he's, he's, he's my play for them this week. On the Panthers side, the 49ers, I mean, we know it. They're phenomenal on defense. The 28th, uh, 28th against, 28 points and 31st against the Rush, I meaning they're not giving up anything. I mean, 28th less po- 28th points. I mean, 28th in points. My goodness, guys. Sorry. It's really early. I cannot talk. So 28th in points against wide receivers and 31st in points against running backs means they're giving up absolutely nothing whatsoever. And we know that. We've seen, you know, if you've been watching the 49ers play here the past couple weeks, we know they're a very good defense. You know, you got Kyle Allen out there starting at quarterback at least for one more week. That's why I'm really only trusting CMC here, because you know he's going to get the volume and the workload. And as we've said many times here, volume is king in fantasy. He's going to get the running work. He's going to get a fair amount of receiving work as well. CMC, good to go. Outside of him, I am not trusting anybody else. I understand. Based on your rosters, if you've got to throw DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel or Greg Olson out there, I'm letting you know don't expect much. I don't think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, But I am picking the Panthers to win it. I do think that they're going to uh, finally—I've loved what this Panthers team has done. We've talked about it before with Matt, uh, that I've I've had high expectations for this team based on their roster. Kyle Allen has really done a good job of utilizing that roster. I still think most of it with Cam was because he was still hurt. Uh, but the Panthers have looked like the team I thought they could be phenomenal looking players on offense and phenomenal tools on offense. I think they're gonna be able to get it done, pull off the upset here. Uh, but again, if I'm being honest, the only player I trust playing on this team right now is CMC. Next up, we got the Browns and the Patriots. The Patriots now getting 12 points and the 85% chance to win this game. So we'll start on the Brown side as they are the away team here. Ah, uh, I mean, it's not looking good, guys. Uh, much like we just talked about the 49ers, we know the, the, the Patriots defense really good. 30 second in pass, 30 second in rush. So they're literally the stingiest defense right now in the game, which we know. Um, and, and I've said before, part of me that I do think part of it is that the teams they've been playing, the best offense they've played so far is the Buffalo Bills offense, where they actually did have New England. I don't say on the ropes. It wasn't a high scoring game, but I honestly think had Josh Allen not been knocked out of that game, They probably could have won and beaten the Patriots, so... We've seen them be a little bit beatable. I do think this Browns offense, not trying to be a homer here, is obviously better than the Bills offense. Um, They've had now the bye week to try and get things right. At times, looked better against Seattle. Uh, I do think they've slowly been progressing forward. I know with them, I mean, Nick Chubb, you have to play him. He, he's he been a stud every single week. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's been the best player on the Browns offense so far this season. I don't care how good the defense is against the run. The offense, in my opinion, for the Browns should flow through and be centered around Nick Chubb. So I think he's going to have a at least decent game here. And for me, I'm playing Baker and Odell. I actually think they're going to have a good game. Uh, Odell released a statement, or in a statement, did an interview earlier this week where he talked about he always talks with Bill Belichick because he respects him. Uh, and before every game, Bill always tells him, I hope you've enjoyed the past couple weeks because you're not going to get anything here today. Uh, and that's just because Bill does. We, we Everybody's talked about it. Bill consistently takes out the one player on every single team or the best player the one thing you do best so he forces you to beat him in other ways I could see that being Odell so maybe Landry chips in here a little bit but I just think Odell has the ability to take it to the house on almost any single play once he gets the ball that you have to throw him in there and I actually think the Browns have a chance to keep this game very close so I, I I'm playing Baker. I'm playing Odell. They're, they're making some moves on the offensive line. I do think that the Browns keep this game close and have a chance to, to win it. On the Patriots side here, Browns 19th most points uh, uh, against the pass and six against the rush. So they're actually a, a you know top-tier defense against the pass, but horrible against the run. Sony Michelle day all along for me, all all day here for me. Miss Sony Michelle should have a great game against this Browns defense and has looked much better here the past couple weeks. Uh, in the receiving game, I th- for me, it's just Edelman. I'm not trusting anybody else. Uh, I know Nikhil Harry he can't come back. He, he's back in practice, though. I believe he can't play until Week 10. Uh, so if that's someone you guys are interested in, grab him off your waiver wires. I still think he's a little overrated. Um, I don't think maybe that's why they, they made the trade for Muhammad Sanu because they obviously lost Josh Gordon. He goes on to IR. Probably is not going to be with the Patriots much longer. So that's, that'll be interesting to see where, where Josh Gordon might end up landing. On Sanu, though... Same thing, you know, he's been with the team since Tuesday. I don't know how much work he's going to get in with them. I do think, you know, if you're desperate, throw him in there. Could be a big play guy. I mean, we, we've seen the Browns are beatable. They are getting Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams back, who I think are going to be phenomenal for that pass defense, which, again, have been playing nothing but a bunch of third and fourth stringers back there and are the 19th uh, on, on points there. I mean, they're not giving up a lot of points. I mean, they're in the back half, so... Getting Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams back, I think, is going to help them. So that's why, for me, Edelman is the only player on trusting in that receiving core. Obviously, Sony Michelle. James White, if you got James White, you're throwing him in there, too, just based on what he can do out of the backfield and then the receiving game. And I'm picking the Brownies, man. I got to stick with my team. They're my guys. I got to roll with the Brownies, baby. Let's see if they can't get this back on track and, and knock off New England. Interesting fact about New England, too. Bill Belichick's first ever win in the NFL was with the Cleveland Browns or first ever head coach win as of the Cleveland Browns against the New England Patriots with Bernie Kosar at quarterback or quarterback. Interestingly enough, he is going up against the Cleveland Browns this Sunday to get his possible 300th win as an NFL head coach. So just the kind of symmetry there as well is kind of cool, I think, in my opinion, Probably a better chance that he gets that than the Browns pull the upset, but I got a pull for my guys, so I am taking them. Next up, Seattle Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, much better looking game at the beginning of the season compared to now. Seattle getting 6.5 points and the 53% chance to win this game on Seattle's side here. So the Falcons giving up the fifth most points against the run. um, Sorry, against the pass, 13th most against the rush. So, Getting decimated by the run, which means you know you're firing up all your Chris Carson. He should have a good game here, as well as Russell Wilson, though. We know you're playing Russell Wilson. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy and in the NFL so far this season. But being in the bottom half against the pass, I think you are good to fire up. Bottom half? Bottom five, man. They're the fifth best, fifth most points against the pass. So I think you're firing up Lockett, and you're firing up Metcalf easily in this one. We've seen Metcalf Really having a bunch of good games here. Russell Wilson does look to him more often than, than I think a lot of other people thought. I was, I love Metcalf. I know everybody hated him in his one route crap, but I've loved him since I saw him in college and dealing with the injuries. Just big body talented wide receiver. Is he raw? Hell yeah. But when you have a quarterback that's not, that's not afraid to throw it to you, it doesn't matter how raw you are in running routes. You make it happen. That's what Metcalf has been doing. I'm firing both of them up. On the Falcons side here, so Seattle very good in both facets of the game. They've really kind of improved since the beginning of the season. 25th in uh, past, 24th against the Rush, so they've really not given up a lot of points here. And Matt Ryan is a game-time decision. I would bet a fair amount of money that would bother me that Matt Schaub is going to end up being the quarterback in this game which makes it for me mean I'm only playing Julio and Hooper, and that is it. I mean, Austin Hooper got his touchdown from Matt Schaub last week. I think Matt Schaub will be serviceable enough to get the ball to his playmakers, and that's Hooper and Julio. I'm not trusting Freeman at all. I know that uh, he had a couple good games leading into last week before he threw that punching out ejected. Wasn't playing good before that, but again, it was still pretty early, so maybe he would have done something. There's really no way to know. Uh, but I'm not necessarily trusting him. We, Me and Matt talked about it for weeks. Uh, I keep saying Matt, and everybody's like, well, aren't you Matt? Yeah, Matthew Fox. I should I apologize. I should probably clarify that so you guys don't think I'm just talking about. I have constant conversations in my head, uh, you know, just to try and come up with arguments. And uh, with Mr. Matthew Fox, we talked about it. We both said that it was time to sell high on Devontae Freeman the past two weeks. Hopefully you did it because I do think he's got a kind of a rough schedule moving forward. We don't know what this team is going to look like either, so I'm really – really worried about what Freeman can look like or what he's going to look like. I'm sorry. That all being said about Freeman though, I understand if you got to throw him in there, I have him on a team where I have to throw him in there. I'm throwing them in there as a flex spot. Uh The the receiving work that he has been getting is a little bit encouraging. So he might be able to bring you back some fantasy value this weekend. Uh But I mean, really the only players I have any faith in this week for the Falcons, especially if shops in there, are Julio and Hooper, if Ryan does manage to play, Maybe you boost up Ridley a little bit, but for me, I think it's still really those two and then Freeman outside flexworthiness. Uh, and I'm taking Seattle. Uh, I think that's that's a pretty easy call, which sucks. I actually kinda like Dan Quinn. I think if they lose this game against Seattle, he he might end up being on the outs here. Next up we've got a game that could be a very interesting one here in this early window. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills getting one point five points in this one, and are the uh and Philly is getting the fifty-two percent chance to win. So I mean this is almost a pick'em game here. On the Eagles' side, the Bills, 31st against the pass, 19th against the rush. So they are not letting anybody get any kind of receiving yards on them, which we all kind of know. Tredavious, White, you've got Micah Hyde. I mean, this defense in the secondary is stacked, and they've shown it. Sean McDermott has been great in calling defense here in the past couple years for them. It's really kind of kind of shut out opposing teams, and for that, I think it's just hurts for me, man. I don't... Uh, I think they're going to be able to lock down Jeffrey. I'm not worried about Aguilar. I mean, that guy's literally done absolutely nothing. I think Ertz might actually have a sneaky good game here. You know, I know Goddard kind of vultured a touchdown from him a couple weeks ago or last week. Uh, but Ertz, I think with with him kind of getting... Lost, I don't want to say lost in the system there, but kind of being that third target with, I think, those defenses. I think Hurts will be able to make some plays here, and I still like Sanders. Um, I know Jordan Howard's the lead back, but what we've seen Sanders getting in the receiving game and doing stuff in the rushing game as well, I still like Sanders being a flex option. I've talked about it all season. Uh, I think he could actually have another big game here in the receiving game against the Bills, especially if they get behind, which is a possibility because their pass defense, number one, and they're rushed 28. So they are stuffing the run but giving up everything in the pass, which again, we kind of already knew their defense has just been killed with injuries in the secondary there. So we, we we know it's a when you're there, you know, me and your and the back backyard gang are going to go be able to throw on the Philadelphia Eagles, which I'm just kidding. I did not. They would kill us. But regardless, John Brown, Cole Beasley, they're fired up in your lineups That both should have really good games here as well as Josh Allen. I'm worried about Singletary though, so he's got I own on a lot of redraft leagues. I I really liked him coming into the season before Shady McCoy got released. Of course, if you guys have been listening long enough, you know Dennis and me were talking about Shady probably getting cut and or traded before the season started anyways, which is why we were buying all in on Singletary. But again, the twenty eighth against a rush, that's I mean, that's that's top four, baby. That's good. They're good. And I've said that for weeks. I know Zeke kinda got off on him last week. I don't think Singletary is going to be able to do it, especially because he's still splitting carries with Frank Gore. I think they're trying to slowly work him back in. Now, he was phenomenal those two weeks, even when in them splitting time, but he looked explosive. I think they are still trying to work him back in slowly, so I'm not trusting Singletary that much this week. I I would kind of avoid him if you can. Let's see here. Outside of that, that, that's really it for me. I don't think anybody else on this team is doing it, but I am going to take the Buffalo Bills to win the game. All right, let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers and the Chicago Bears. The Bears getting 3.5 points in this one and the 64% chance to win this game on the Bears side here. So the Chargers... 21st against the pass, 9th against the rush. So not really giving up a lot of points in the passing game, but getting killed in the run a little bit here. I still think A-Rob's fine to fire up in the receiving game. That's it. We know Mr. Bisky not 100% healthy, looked really bad last week. Uh, and, and really outside of him, I don't trust anybody in this offense. I am firing up David Montgomery, though. I think this could be a breakout game for Montgomery again Chargers getting killed in their run. We've seen the past couple weeks. Matt Nagy keeps being asked about why he's not running the ball enough. I love Tariq Cohen, but he's not that good of a runner. Explosive playmaker, especially when you can get him the ball in the open field. But as a runner, David Montgomery is better. I think this is finally the game. They actually hand him the ball, you know, 15 times, and he gets awful or that's not at all the way I wanted to word that my bad guys he goes off in this one has a great game for the Chicago Bears David Montgomery breakout game this week against the Chargers On the Chargers side, the Bears 29th against the pass, 10th against the rush. So, you know, pretty much the same as the Chargers. Really good against the pass, not so good against the run. I still think if you've got Keenan Allen, you've got to fire him up. And I imagine he struggles a little bit some in this game as well as Mike Williams. I think Hunter Henry is good to go, though. We've seen how much he's gotten targeted since he's come back. Tight end being as bad as it is, you've got to throw him in there. I think he could probably easily score a touchdown again this week and bring back some fantasy value. As for the running backs, though. I think I'm still firing up Austin Eckler. If you've got both, I'm throwing in Eckler over Gordon. He's just looked like the better back. I don't know what's going on with Melvin Gordon. Maybe it was sitting out all of training camp preseason and then NFL games. I don't know. I've never been a big fan of Gordon. I've always said that he's not as good as everybody thinks he is. He gets the volume, and that's what makes him good. And he's not really getting the volume right now. They're splitting time with him and Eckler, and Eckler just looks better. So if I had to pick one or the other, I'm playing Eckler. If you own one or the other, I'm still playing Eckler. Uh, you know, if you own Gordon, you're probably having to throw him in there based on where you took him in the draft. I mean, again, he is going He has a good matchup this week, so maybe he goes off. Uh, but if I had to choose one or the other, I'm going Eckler, uh, and I am taking the Bears in this one. Next up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans getting two point five points, and uh, is the Buccaneers a fifty point five percent chance to win this game? I'm not That was a little bit surprised. I thought the Titans were going to get it for the Titans side here. So the Bucs, third against the pass, and let's see here twenty nine against the run. So they're getting just killed in the passing game, but holding up against the run. So Corey Davis, big week. I actually just snagged him off the waiver wire, one of mine. Um, I love it. I think that he's going to... Big, big week. I think Davis is going to go off. And I've never been that big of a fan of him. i said, super talented, but obviously Marcus Mariota was holding him back. Ryan Tannehill seems to target him a lot. So I love Davis this week. I think he's going to have a big one as well as Adam Humphreys. I think Humphreys is a good play this week in that slot role. A little worried about Derrick Henry in this one, though. Uh, really good rush defense. Uh, Derrick Henry has had a couple good games, couple bad games. I don't think he has a bad game here. And he's definitely proved me wrong and proved that he could still be an RB2. I think that's where he's going to fall this week. I think he's still going to be an RB2. You're playing him. He's going to get you some points, but you don't expect a big week out of him. On the Bucs side, so the Titans 22nd against the pass, 27th against the rush, so very good on both sides of the ball. For me, it's just Godwin. I mean, he's shown every single week that he's a stud, and he needs to be played. I'm worried about Evans. I've got him. I'm starting him, but I've dropped him into a flex spot. That's, that's how much I'm, ba- I'm debating switching him out with people. I just don't think Evans has a good game here, and then I'm avoiding <laughs> – I'm avoiding Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones at all costs in this matchup. I think one of them could have fantasy value moving forward, but not in this matchup. I'm avoiding them. Um, But I am taking the Titans to win this game, get a little bit of a win streak going. Next up, the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts getting 5.5 points in this one and the 63% chance to win this game. On the Colts' side, So, the Broncos, 26th against the pass, 17th against the rush. Probably, well, I say, you see, that's what sucks. You can't say don't play Hilton. I think Hilton's going to get shadowed by Chris Harris here for most of the game. We've seen Chris Harris is shutting everybody down. We've talked about it with Matthew Fox. Dude's phenomenal at cornerback. Probably going to get traded, I would think. I mean, I don't know if they want to pay him. He might go to a contender after this week. Uh, but I think he is going to shadow Hilton being their best wide receiver. So I think if you've got Zach Pascal, fire him up. Because I do think Jacoby Brissett is going to throw him. Could be a, a sneaky play this week. Uh, Ben looking good here the past couple weeks, opposite of Hilton. I think he's going to be the guy that, that Brissett's going to have to lean on with Hilton going up against Harris. And I do think that, uh, let's see here. Marlon Mack, uh, should have a decent game here as well going up against a, a rush defense that's not, uh, that, that's just not good. They're giving up a lot of points here. On the Broncos side here, so the Colts 11th against the pass, 26th against the rush. So they are getting beat in the secondary a little bit here, which is why I think Cortland Sutton, huge game. I actually think Deshaun Hamilton can have a little bit of big game here too. I thought he was going to have a decent season here. We we thought Emmanuel Sanders was going to be out. Me and Dennis talked about we thought Cortland Sutton would take a step up. He has definitely done that, even with Sanders there. I think Hamilton can easily step into that slot. With Sanders moving on, he's a great possession receiver, and I think can do really good here. Um I think now's your chance to grab him, too. I think he's going to step up and be a viable top wide receiver three, so like a flex option every single week. Uh, But after this week, because I do think he's going to have a big game, he might not be someone you can get off waivers. As for Lindsey and Freeman, they scare me a lot in this matchup. It's a tough matchup for both of them, and the way they've been utilized is just... Confusing, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, so I'm trying to avoid them if possible. If you have to throw them in your lineups, I, I trust throwing either one in because we just don't know who's going to go off. And they both been, for the most part, viable. Even when Lindsay's had big games, Freeman's had seven, eight, nine points, and, and vice versa outside of last week for Lindsay. So you can play both of them. I, I do think this is probably going to be more of a Freeman game because um, I do think that the Col- I'm sorry, a Lindsay game. No, sorry, I am thinking Freeman game because unfortunately they've been going to Freeman more than rest. game than Lindsey, and I think the Colts are going to be able to get up on them. So I do think Freeman probably ends up having the better day over Lindsey, and I am taking the Colts in this matchup. All right, let's just keep rolling right along here. we got the Rams and the Bengals, which, God, I cannot imagine this is going to be any kind of a decent game here. The Rams getting 12 points in this one, and they are favored to win by 70, or they're getting the 79% chance to win this game. The Bengals, 23rd against the pass and number one against run, Todd Gurley is going to have a great game here, assuming they continue to use him as much as they have the past couple weeks. Obviously, I know I had the injury two weeks ago, but before that, it's actually looked pretty good and been given uh, enough volume, in my opinion. So I can honestly see Gurley coming in as RB1 this week, has a great matchup. The Bengals have just done nothing to stop the run or even slow it down. Gurley in for a big game here. I still like Woods and Cup in this one though. Woods has really been, I think, the most consistent for the most part. We've saw Cup take a big uh, step down for the most part. A couple of games there, and Cooks has been kind of all over the place. Uh, so I'm, I'm really liking Woods and Cup this week. And, and I actually think it's going to be kind of a quiet game for Gerald Everett as well. I know he's been a big uh, popular tight end pickup. You start, you're still playing him, as I talked about earlier. Tight end landscape is very bad. So if you've got Everett, you're throwing him in. But I would not expect a big game out of him. <laughs> On the Bengals side, here's with the Rams: 24th against the pass, 14th against the rush. So you're avoiding them. I don't. I don't imagine how you can play any of them. I really think Joe Mixon it, it is flex worthy every single week. I don't. Uh, he just he can't get anything done against that uh, behind that offensive line. It's just not been good. If you want to fire up Tyler Boyd or even Auden Tate, I get it. I would love it, but I get it. Regardless, I don't think I'm not starting anybody on this team unless I have to. Because I don't think the Bengals are going to do anything, which is why I'm definitely picking the Rams to win this game. Oh, excuse me, goodness. All right, next up, Cardinals and the Saints, which could be a very interesting game here. New Orleans, though, getting the 10.5 points and the 83% chance to win this game. On the Saints side here, so we don't know if Drew Brees will be back or not. Uh, There has been word that he might play. I believe he's a game-time decision. Regardless, Cardinals 16th against the pass, 21st against the rush. So Thomas and Murray... Or Kamara are all that I'm really playing anyways. I mean, Thomas has been an absolute stud, whether it's been Bridgewater or Breeze out there. So you don't have to worry about him. Kamara did not practice as of yesterday. Again, it's Friday morning. I don't have not seen anything practice reports won't come out till way later this afternoon, probably when the podcast goes up. Uh, so I don't know if Kamara's practicing, but the fact that he didn't practice Thursday makes me think he probably won't play again this week. So if you got Latavius Murray, you're firing him up. If you have Kamara, uh, if they say he's going, I think you have to fire him up. It could end up being a David Johnson situation, but Kamara's just so talented. Uh, All it takes for him is a couple touches anyways to get you those points, so I think you're fine firing him up regardless. On the uh, Cardinals side here, so the Saints' 7th most points against the pass, 30th against the rush, so they're just destroying people in the running game, stopping everybody, but giving up everything in the passing game. That being said, I don't know if I trust anybody. I mean, if you've got Larry Fitzgerald, he's a flex option. You're playing him as a flex option anyways. Christian Kirk, I think, could have a good game here if he plays. He is a game-time decision as well, which sucks. The dude's been out forever. If he plays, I think you're good to fire him up in there. I think he's going to be fine. I do think Lattimore, for the most part, is going to kind of be on fits He'll probably get some on Kirk. Uh, but when he's not on Kirk, I think Kirk might be able to make some uh, make some plays and, and make your day for you. I know they're going up against a really good rush defense, but I like Edmonds. I, I like what I saw in Adam the past couple of weeks. I think he is getting more involved. I would definitely throw him in as a flex spot. I said it last week. If you listen, it paid off for you. I don't think he's going to get you 35 points again this week, uh, but I do think he can get you probably 8 to 10, maybe even 12 if he scores a touchdown. So, you know, if you're looking for someone with a little bit of upside and possibly some volume in the flex spot, I think you can throw Edmonds in there. If you have DJ, you're playing him unless they rule him out, which I know he did not practice Thursday either, so definitely something to watch out for, and I am taking the Saints in this matchup. We got the Jets and the Jaguars on the docket next here, so the Jags getting 6.5 points and being given the 75% chance to win this game. For the Jags, you've got the Jets sitting there with 17th against the pass, 7th against the rush, so for net and for a big week as well, been a stud all season long, should come through with a big game in this one, although the Jets are middle of the pack against the pass, I think Chark and Minshew are going to do good this week, I actually think Chark is going to get back on the upswing and score a touchdown this week, so I'm calling it now DJ Chark with a touchdown on the Jets' side. They're Jags. Middle of the pack in both. 15th against the pass, 12th against the rush. So that is good. Uh, uh, they've got a very good defense. For me on the Jets, it's just Le'Veon Bell. I just can't trust playing anybody else. I know there's a chance Chris Herndon comes back. I know the savior, Sammy the savior, has come back. Yeah, I understand it was against the Patriots, so I'm not reading too much into that. They did play really good against the Cowboys. I just don't think you can trust anybody else. If you've got Robbie Anderson, you have no other better options. Okay, throw him in there. Same thing with Crowder, but I'm not expecting much out of him. I think the only player I'm starting with confidence that I'm putting in my lineup, clicking set, and being, okay, I like it, is Le'Veon Bell. Outside of him, you're at your—you know, it's your own risk at that point. I do think— If I had to choose between Robbie and Crowder, I'm going Robbie because, you know, the the cliché line, he only needs one play, and he does. He can hit you with that huge play like he did against the Cowboys. automatically makes your fantasy day. Crowder, I think, has the more consistent floor because he's going to get all those targets and catches, and in PPR formats, that's great. Even if he only gets you like 10 10 catches 30 yards, you're still rocking a whole bunch of points. So uh, regardless, uh, I would go Robbie out of those two if I had to play one, but I'm not feeling good about anybody other than Le'Veon Bell. And I'm picking the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game. The last Sunday afternoon game here is between the Raiders and the Texans. The Texans getting seven points. And being uh, the 81% chance to win this game on the Texans' side here. So the Raiders, number two against the pass, 18 against the rush. So uh, they are getting destroyed in the passing game. Hopkins, I think, continues his hot streak. And I actually think Kenny Stills is a decent play this week. I have him right up there as the top of my wide receiver two group. I think... He has really shown that he can play well with Deshaun Watson when Fuller is out. And Fuller is out against a horrible pass defense. If you need someone who might still be on your waiver wire to throw in for, say, an Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup, grab Kenny Stills. I think he's going to have a huge game this week against the Raiders. On the Raiders side here, the Texans fourth against the pass, 25th against the rush. So much like the Raiders, they're getting beat in the passing game yet the Raiders have no one I want on that team outside of Waller the Baller. That's it. I don't want anybody else. So give me Waller. I think he's going to be phenomenal tight end play this week. And then, obviously, you've got uh, Jacobs. You're playing him. I mean, he's good, right? You, you, you're not going to not play Josh Jacobs. I, I guess I need to start admitting I might have been wrong on him. Uh, give me Josh Jacobs. I think he's going to have a decent game here. Uh, not not a, not a world beater, but I think he finishes in that top-tier wide, wide receiver. running back two group. so I think Jacobs will be a good play. Uh, and I forgot to mention the Texans running backs. I don't feel comfortable with either one, but again, I'm going to go Hyde over Johnson just based on the amount of uh, carries that, that Hyde gets. He gets the volume work, so I'm going to take the volume over probably I would say the upside slash ability because I think Johnson's probably a little bit better than Hyde at this point in their careers. And I'm taking the Texans. I think the Texans pull off the win here. The Sunday night game, which looked when the schedule came out to be a phenomenal game, likely we're not going to get that now. The the Green Bay Packers going into Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Packers getting 3.5 points in this one. And the Chiefs, though, being the 55% chance to win this game. Very interesting pick here on the FBI. I'm, I'm honestly kind of confused at that. But for the Chiefs side, we'll start there first, being the home team. Packers, 20th against the pass, 4th against the rush. So you'll likely have Matt Moore quarterback. I know. I know. You've heard it all week. Patrick Mahomes is practicing. He's not playing. He dislocated his kneecap a week ago, people. I mean, technically a week and a day ago because it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. So I get it. I understand. You want to to hope and pray for Patrick Mahomes. He's exciting. Dude, it's so much fun to watch him play, and I'm someone who doesn't own Patrick Mahomes anywhere, so I'm always playing him, and I hate it, but he's so much fun to watch. He's not playing this week. It's going to be Matt Moore. Regardless, you're throwing in Tyree Kill, and you're throwing in Travis Kelsey. They're just too talented to not have on your team. You're playing them. Hope for the best. Again, both of them, I think, have the ability and the talent to take anything to the house at any point in time, so you're playing them. I also think Shady McCoy, you can throw in with a lot of confidence this week. Again, the Packers are getting decimated by the run. Sean LeSean McCoy has looked good. As, I was going to call him Sean. Like, we're hey, Sean, what's up, buddy? Like, we're friends. Uh, I, I think he's got a good upside this week. I think you can finally, this is a week you can play him with a lot of confidence that he's going to do something good. I do think they will lean more on the run with Matt Moore being out there as well. On the Packers side, the Chiefs, 22 against the pass, 8th against the run. So you're firing up Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. We've seen the split that they have there. Obviously, I like Aaron Jones more. If you have both of them, you're playing Aaron Jones over Jamal Williams. No doubt about it. If you own, you know, if you own either one, say I own Jamal Williams. I would honestly kind of feel confident throwing him in a flex spot right now. He's been getting receiving work. He's been getting rushing work as well. The Chiefs bad against the run. I do think this is going to be somewhat of a shootout here. because I do think that the Chiefs are going to be able to keep up with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, and, And so I think both will get a lot of work. The wide receivers is where it's interesting. So the last report I saw was that Adams practiced Thursday. Obviously, again, I I apologize. I'm recording this really early Friday morning just due to family being here and everything and trying to not make too much noise, have a lot of stuff going on with with, uh, everything this afternoon. Uh, So I don't know if he's going to practice Friday. I know the last report I saw said that they are not going to rule him out for Sunday. He is going to be a game-time decision. If he plays, I'd be hesitant to play him. I honestly think you should play somebody else just for this one week. Maybe you get burned. You know, and he goes off for 20 points, but imagine how you feel of, and probably a must win game for a lot of people here, still only being week eight. You throw him in your lineup and he only gets you two points. So I feel like for me, I'm probably avoiding Adams unless you have to play him this week. Outside of him, I don't know who you trust at wide receiver. I personally can't trust anybody. You know, if I say, hey, MVS, he's had a, you know, had a really big week last week, some of it being lucky. I say, play MVS, Allison's the one that's going to go off. I say, play Allison, play MVS. So, same thing as I said earlier, um, with, uh, my goodness, I can't remember who it was, the Jets and, and Anderson and Crowder. Play them at your own risk. Same thing with MVS and, and Allison. I just don't know which one could really do anything, or if either will. I could honestly see this being another Cowboys game where Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams get you like four or five touchdowns, and that's the offense. So, I'm not playing either one of them, Um, and and Adams, I think, with him being a game-time decision, unless you hear something definitive Saturday or Sunday morning, I kind of would fade him. I wouldn't go toward him. I understand if you have to, I have to in the league. If, if, If he plays, I'm playing him. Otherwise, I'm relying on Preston Williams on Monday night, and that does not make me feel good. But, that would be actually my suggestion. If you have Adam's, and you want to see if you can play him, hold out, try and grab a wide receiver in that Monday Night Football game, James Washington, uh, Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams, Devon, well, Parker's probably owned now with what he's done. See if you can grab one of those guys, or maybe you can back him up with an Al Lazard or Geronimo Allison if they're available, and then if Adams doesn't play, you can throw one of those guys in. That way you're not getting nothing for Adams, and, and you can kind of take that risk on him if you want, because that is what I'm doing in my main Dynasty League. I own Preston Williams and James Washington. So I'm hoping if Adams doesn't go, I just got to decide between one of those two to throw in my last spot and I'm good to go. Uh, uh, I'm taking the Packers to win that game Sunday night. Last game on the week eight schedule, the Dolphins and the Steelers. The Steelers getting 13.5 points in this one and the 90% chance to win this game. My God goodness that's good uh so let's see here let's start with the Dolphins side because well there's really nothing to do here the Steelers 18th against the pass 23rd against the run you got Kenyon Drake I mean maybe a flex option we've seen him get a little bit more involved in the receiving game I do think they're trying to trade him so I think they're trying to work him in more and more uh so I do like that fact I would I would probably feel comfortable playing Drake as a flex option only Parker same thing I mean he's been good the past couple of weeks. I would I would trust him. Fitzmagic out there getting a really good defense in the Steelers, but uh Fitzmagic shown that he can do it more often than not. So I would trust it on Parker in there if you need if you need a little bit of a Hail Mary outside of those two though, nobody for the for the Dolphins. And then on the Steelers side the Dolphins six against the pass second against the rush. So I do think Mason Rudolph being back is going to help this offense a lot. I'm firing up Juju. I think he has a good game. We saw Deontay Johnson and Rudolph had a little bit of connection. Uh Maybe you're thinking about him, you know, James Washington and him being college teammates. The only one I feel comfortable about is Juju because in my opinion, he is their alpha and them having the bye week maybe allowed them time to work some things out. Uh, if you need to go a dart throw in Deontay Johnson or Washington, I'd go Johnson because he's been more proven. I know what Washington did with him in college he hasn't done it at the NFL level, so give me Johnson. Um, and I do think James Conner's easy. You're throwing him in, he's probably going to be a top three or four running back this week, maybe even one. I, I don't think he beats out Gurley. Maybe he does. This is a phenomenal matchup for him, and I do think they're going to continue to lean on him in the running game, and he's also going to get his receiving work as well. And I'm taking the Steelers to win the game. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I apologize. It's not as long as usual or as in-depth as me and Dennis go at times. Just kind of wanted to give you an idea of the games, what I thought about them, the players that I really like and everything. Uh, And and like I said, kind of a a tough time for me. So I was trying to limit it as well so I can get back to spending time with my family. Uh, I appreciate everybody who reached out to me on Twitter, to text messages, DMs, Facebook, everything. It meant a lot to me. Um, you know, I really appreciate. It. It's always good to have people reach out to you in, in times like that, and just you know, be there for you. Even if it's just a sorry for your loss, it, it means a lot more than you got than I probably led on at that time, because uh, it was a, it was a hard time for me for those first couple days. So uh, I, I I know I'm trying to still get back to everybody, and I really appreciate all you guys who who reached out to me. Uh, if you guys do have time, please rate and review the the podcast. It means a lot to us, and that helps us out a lot as well. You don't have to review if you don't want to. Just leave a rate, even if it's not a five star. Leave a Four Star, tell me what you don't like about it so that we can improve it because I want to be a – we want to be a podcast that everybody enjoys listening to, and sometimes constructive criticism helps. It's helped us before. People have said stuff to us. We've limited certain things in the past, and we'll continue to do it. I have no problem taking some constructive criticism. If you do only do a rate, though, and you don't do a review, please take a picture of it, screenshot it, uh, DM it to me on, on Twitter, or uh, if you don't have Twitter, email me. You can email me at fantasyfootballroundtable uh, at yahoo.com. Uh, that way, we can get you entered in. We're hoping here soon to continue. Continue doing doing the the jersey giveaways. I've kind of unfortunately gotten away from that here the past couple weeks uh, or really past couple months just due to a lot of stuff going on in my life, but I would gladly get that back up here soon. So if you do that, DM it to me or send it to me in the email so that I have it and I can get you entered in because you stay entered for every contest until you win it. All right, so that's it. That's all of it. Good luck to everybody in their Week 8 matchups. I hope the Fantasy Gods bless you with a win and you guys come out victorious. And I look forward uh, to getting back at, back at it on Monday with Mr. Matthew Fox as we break down a bunch of the games from Week 8. Good good luck this uh, weekend, everybody, and I hope you guys win. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn there. you got your popcorn I came like out the whole line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me, Golly! Only oh, the tackle the forty-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> I can. <laughs>